0: Hello to all KOAL listeners. Right now you are listening to the Stam Pro Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tristan Stamatakis, and today, uh, to start off, we'll be going over my stories of the week. We'll be talking about the AFC wildcard picture. And I think it's finally starting to get figured out. So with the Colts lost to the Buccaneers, that basically takes them out. And then with the Raiders lost to the Titans, that basically takes them out. And even though the Browns are technically still in the running, the Browns would have to win out. And I don't believe that the Browns have the capability to do that. But regardless, these are now the two teams that you have going for this spot. So you have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. Now, the thing about this wildcard spot is you have to look at it from a schedule-based perspective. So right now I'm going to try to explain to you all the different weird scenarios that there are, including a very unlikely scenario in which the Titans and the Steelers actually go to the playoffs and the Texans are the odd man out, or that the Texans go and the Titans go, but the Steelers do not make the playoffs. So to start off we will go over the Steelers' schedule. They have to play the Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets, and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, a lot of people have been freaking out about this remaining schedule, and it's an argument for why the Titans will make it, but I don't think it's great because the thing about it is if they beat Buffalo or the Ravens, they're in, right? Because they already have the tiebreaker Over the Titans. So even if they drop one of those games, the only way the Titans could get into the playoffs if the Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens or the Buffalo Bills is if they happen to win every single game that they have remaining, meaning they have to sweep the Texans and then beat the playoff bound Saints. And I just don't think that's going to happen. Now, The remaining schedule for Tennessee, I basically just said it, but you have the Texans twice and the Saints. Now the problem with the schedule now is it's very hard to sweep a division opponent, especially when your division opponent is the Texans. Now I know they just got blown out at home by the Broncos, but the week before that they beat the Patriots, so they're just a wildly inconsistent team. But wildly inconsistent teams don't, you know, get swept. They split, right? They don't win both games because they are inconsistent they can't play the same both times but they're not bad in spots and so you can't exactly say that they're gonna get swept so in this scenario that means that the titans would have to beat the saints and split with the texans to make the playoffs now the problem with this scenario this would also mean that the steelers would lose to both Buffalo and the Ravens, and the issue with this is that with the 49ers beating the Saints, the Saints are now the third seed, so instead of what a lot of people were thinking before that, where, you know, Tennessee might be able to sneak by on the fact that the Saints are feeling pretty comfortable. You know, they have their first round bye locked down, everything like that. They have a tiebreaker win over the 49ers. Now instead, they are still fighting for a bye. And with the Packers remaining scheduled, they're just going to have to hope that they slip up. So they will not quit playing in this game. So it's going to be very hard to beat the Saints. Now, a lot of people would say that it's also going to be very hard for the Steelers to beat both the Ravens and the Bills or one or the other the lucky thing for the Steelers though is the fact that they play Baltimore week 17 and with how Baltimore has been compared to how New England's been playing they might have the one seed locked up at that point right and they're a running team they're a very physical team which leads to injuries in the playoffs you obviously want a running defense-based team in the playoffs. Those are the teams that win, are the teams that have the good ground game and the good defense. But they also get really tired. I mean, this offense just has not stopped chugging. Offensive linemen are tired. Lamar, as athletic as he is, is probably tired. Mark Ingram has been pounding it. He's probably tired, right? Mark Andrews got hurt in their last game. These guys are breaking down, and so... If they win the remainder of their games up to the Steelers game, they might just rest their starters. And so you could see a scenario where even if the Steelers lose to Buffalo, they still beat the Ravens for the simple fact that they're resting their starters. That's why I've reached the conclusion that the Steelers will be the team that goes to the playoffs and not the Titans. It's not a which team is better thing. I think they're both really solid teams with some pretty obvious flaws. You know, can Ryan Tannehill really produce in the playoffs and can duck Hodges really do anything in the playoffs and the Titans struggle a little bit on the back end. They have a decent secondary, but their linebacker core is nothing special. Also, Can these weapons that they're using right now, so A.J. Brown, can they hold up in the playoffs? And then same thing with the Steelers. Can James Conner and Juju stay healthy? Because without those guys, they are not going to make a playoff run. Now, to end this, I will be discussing the very odd scenarios that can still happen. So you could have a scenario where... The Texans get swept by the Titans. Now, what would happen in this case, even if the Titans lost to the Saints, is that the Titans would win the division. Because of the Texans' loss to the Broncos, the Titans have the same record. So even if the Titans dropped one and the Texans won their game that isn't the Titans, if they get swept by the Titans, they are going to lose the division. Now, what would happen at this point is the Texans would be 9 and 7. So, if the Steelers win one game, then either between Buffalo or the Ravens, if they win one of those games, you could see the Titans complete the sorry, the Texans completely taken out of the playoffs. But there's also another weird scenario here where the Steelers lose both of their games And I believe the Texans would have the tiebreaker of the Steelers, so you could see a Texans-Titans rematch for a third time. And that would be very hard for the Titans to sweep that team. So best case scenario for the Steelers and the Titans. The Titans went out, and they win the division. And then best case scenario for the Steelers is they went out, and they make the wild card. Because... There is no way that they are going to be getting that division back from Baltimore at this point in the year. Especially considering that Baltimore, to even give the Steelers a chance, would have to lose out. And that is not something that Baltimore is going to be doing. So we will see how this race shapes out at the end. I'm very excited to see it. And that will be the end of the story of the week. All right, so next up on the show, we are going to be talking about some sports betting lines. Last week, I went 3-2. I correctly picked that the Steelers would cover against the Cardinals. I picked that the Titans would cover against the Raiders, and I picked that the Chiefs would win and go against the spread against the New England Patriots. I wrongly picked the Seattle Seahawks to win the Seattle and Rams game. And I said that the Lions would cover against the Vikings. It was a minus 13 spread, and the Vikings won by exactly 13. And that is why it is so hard to beat Vegas. So this week I have some lines that I really like. Uh, One that I think is basically bet of the year maybe is Vikings cover the spread against the Chargers. The Vikings are only favored by two and a half against the Chargers. And they're obviously going to beat the Chargers. And you could see the Chargers get blown out in this game. The fact that they gave them less than a field goal. All you have to do, all that has to happen is the Vikings win by a field goal. That is way too easy of a bet. And so I'm going to go with the Vikings on that one. Then I'm picking the Seahawks to cover the spread against the Panthers. They got kind of humiliated. National TV, they're going to go up against a Panthers team that similarly got humiliated, except they've been humiliated all year. They're kind of used to it at this point. The Falcons just completely blew them out of the water. And I just think that the Seahawks are a much more talented team than the Panthers. And you might say that the Seahawks, they've been... Being They've been playing in a lot of close games this year, and so it's really hard to make a bet with that big of a number. But all the Seahawks have to do is win by a touchdown. It's minus six, not minus eight and a half that they're favored by. So I'm going to take the Seahawks to cover the spread against the Panthers. Next up, I had the Patriots to cover the spread against the Bengals. I've heard this story before, right? Oh, no, the Patriots are breaking down. They've won two straight. Oh, geez, this is the end of an era. And unfortunately for the Bengals, they have to be the team that plays New England after they lose back-to-back and the first time they've lost at home in 21 games. So it's even though the spread is 9, so the Patriots are favored by 9, I think they are going to blow Cincinnati out of the water. Cincinnati is the worst team in the league, and even though the Patriots don't look as good as they had in the past when you combine the fact that on tv right even though it wasn't even though it wasn't the nighttime game it was the one that was broadcast to a majority of people across america they lose to the chiefs and then they lose to the texans back-to-back losses all the talking heads saying that the patriots suck they are going to roll the cincinnati Bengals. you could see a 20 plus win by a team that isn't very dynamic on offense simply for the fact that that Patriots defense is just going to completely shut out the Bengals. Next up, I actually have... I'm going to pick the Dolphins against the spread. The Giants are favored by 3.5, and and while I don't know if the Giants are going to lose this game necessarily, the fact that the number's 3.5 is really nice because of... Because if the Giants win by three, you still cover this spread. I really like how the Dolphins have been playing lately. It seems like they have the right coach. You know, they they lose, and earlier in the season they were getting blown out, but that's just because they have no talent. They're tearing this thing down now, despite the fact that they don't really have a lot of talent, and the Giants do have talent. The coaching matchup here... I think is great. I think Brian Flores is way better than Pat Shermer is as a head coach, at least up to this point, because the Giants are a bad team and the Dolphins have been winning lately and the Giants just won. Everybody thought they could maybe win a game, really choked that lead against the Eagles. And so with a debilitating loss like that, I think you got to take the Dolphins in this game. Both these teams aren't great, and so you're basically picking whichever team is going to suck less, and I believe that the Dolphins will suck less than the Giants. I actually think the Dolphins are going to win it straight up, but because of the number 3.5, the number's too easy based on the fact that the Giants could kick a field goal, win the game, and you could still win your money. Then next up, I have the Texans against the spread, The Titans are favored by three in this game. And I think it is going to be a very, very, very close game. I think the Texans are going to win this game, right? Because we've all seen this story before, too. Oh, the Titans are on a roll with a brand-new quarterback. Oh, man, they beat up on Jacksonville and Oakland and Indianapolis. The Kansas City win was good, but Kansas City wasn't really at 100%. And, oh, it's disaster time in Houston. They lost to the Broncos at home, even though they played a guy that no one has tape on. I get he's a rookie, right? I know that they shouldn't perform that bad against him, but he hasn't played that many games. You can't expect a team to know exactly what to do against a guy like that. It was a bad loss, but they just beat the Patriots. And besides the win against Kansas City, the Titans really haven't been that impressive in terms of who they've beaten now they have looked very impressive up lately but I still got to take the Texans in this game I mean they are just coming off a devastating loss they're going to want to prove to everybody they don't suck and the Titans are just riding a hot streak against bad teams you could see a team seeing all the people pump them up on social media and things like that oh we're going to go to the playoffs oh my god everybody gets so hyped, and if And so you could see them really laying egg in this game. So I'm going to take the Texans in this one to go against the spread. Next up on the show today, this is where most of the podcast lies. It is going to be my team rankings. I rank it very similar to college. I look at who have you beaten what is your record? But sometimes record doesn't mean anything. And some of it is also an eye test and based on injury. So at number 10, I have the Buffalo Bills. Listen, They're 9-3 and three, and they played the Patriots close. And they also beat the Titans. And they also beat the Cowboys. They look like a good team, you know? Yeah, they kind of dropped one to Cleveland, but that was more of a the Cleveland talent decided to finally play that day. And Buffalo basically gave that game to Cleveland, and Cleveland still almost didn't take it, right? Everybody's played a bad game this year, so if your bad game is minus three, that's pretty good, right? The Saints lost to the Falcons. Seahawks just got blown out by the Rams. The Texans got blown out by the Broncos. It happens sometimes, right? So I'm not really worried about that. And I really like Buffalo on offense. They're a little limited, obviously. That's why they're only at number 10. Josh Allen, it looks like he could be good. I really like the pro comparison to Cam Newton. I don't, a lot of people compared him to Ben Roethlisberger, but Ben Roethlisberger didn't actually run a lot. He, he would run around, but in terms of design runs and taking off, that's more of a Cam Newton thing, and that's really what I'm seeing from Josh Allen and... If you've seen how Cam Newton's turned out, right? Kind of inconsistent, but when he's on, he's on. And so Buffalo could either go on a run or lose in the first round based on what Josh Allen can do. But that defense, I mean, third and everything, right? They, I mean, Ed Oliver, as the first round pick, is finally working out. He's finally looking like the guy that people need. Shertavis White at corner has looked incredible. I mean, the whole defense really as a whole, I mean, you have Tremaine Edmonds finally starting to produce. He had an interception recently, you know, so now he's kind of got that ranginess to his massive size and run defense. So I really like the, t- the Bills defense, and we'll just have to see if the offense can hold up Next up, I have the Minnesota Vikings, right? They have some good wins. They beat the Cowboys, although I don't know how good the Cowboys are at this point. But the key for the Vikings is that Kirk Cousins looks like he's finally able to produce in primetime. That was a problem for him for so long is when the lights came on he just couldn't do anything but it seems like recently he's been able to fix that problem and he's been without Adam Thielen and he's still playing a great game. Now part of that is because Stefan Diggs is an amazing receiver. Dalvin Cook's been a little banged up lately but he's also a fantastic running back. Probably may top two in the league him and Christian McCaffrey. And Kyle Rudolph's a decent tight end. They have an average Offensive line, uh, but then on the defense, you know, daniel hunter Looks great. Uh, xavier rhodes is also looking very good. Trey waynes Also producing at the cornerback number two harrison smith still one of the best safeties in the league Kendrick's uh, linebacker is very rangy. You know, he's a very high tackle guy similar to blake martinez on the packers guys like that and so I like the Vikings. I just I got to see a little bit more from them. I want to see them beat, you know, a really premier team, and I would really like to see how they perform in the playoffs. Next up, I have the Green Bay Packers. I know that this is a little low for the number two seed in the NFC, but they just haven't really beat anybody, and I know they beat the Vikings, but that's a division game. They still might split with them. And they beat the Chiefs, but that was the Chiefs with Matt Moore. See, a lot of people at this time of year, they just go look at their, you know, they just Google schedule and look at scores, right? But that game was against Matt Moore and the Chiefs, and the Packers almost lost it. You know, they got blown out by the 49ers. And so... I just really worry about their coaching. Aaron Rodgers looks really good this year, though, and Aaron Jones looks amazing. Devontae Adams, when he's healthy, he's been hurt in spots this year, but I I think he looks finally like a number one guy. It took him a few years, but he, it seems like he's really there. You could argue he was there last year, but now, to me anyways, it seems like he is Aaron's trustworthy target. And the problem is defensively earlier in the season, it looked like they'd be good. And you could say the additions to the defense have been good, right? Zadarius Smith looks like a great pass rusher. The problem is that when only your additions are the best part of your defense, that's a problem. Blake Martinez is probably the only guy on that defense that was worth anything. Now, it is true that their secondary looks better, but they still just keep giving up big plays. And the fact is is that if you can pound it against Green Bay, which is a real problem in the playoffs, especially if you look at some of the teams in the NFC, if you could pound the ball, you're gonna beat Green Bay. I think the 49ers proved that. And also their offensive line isn't as good as it has been in the past. But I still like the Packers at eight simply for the fact because They have Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Jones is actually producing, and Matt LaFleur has a very fun offense. I just worry about the defense in the playoffs. At number seven, I have the New England Patriots. I think they're just finally showing weakness. I mean, the offense just looks stunted. Some people would say, you know, they got robbed in that game. Obviously, Nikhil Harry scored the touchdown, but the problem is, is people don't remember what happens after these plays. Even if Nikhil Harry still didn't score the touchdown, they're down at the three. And what did they do? Nothing. They did absolutely nothing with that. So even though he didn't score, they still had other opportunities to score after that. And they failed to do so. They were pulling out trick plays emotions. motions. I mean, it looked like, it almost looked like Baltimore or just, you know, maybe one of those more creative offenses made Kyle Shanahan, you know, Sean McVay and the Rams, something like that. They were pulling out all the stops to score on offense, and they scored 16 points in that game. If they don't block a punt, uh, if they don't block two punts this season, right, they don't block a punt against the Bills, and they don't block a punt against the Chiefs. The Chiefs game could honestly not even be that close, and they might lose to Buffalo. So they're really relying on their defense and special teams. Now, their defense is is outstanding their secondary looks great the McCourty brothers the McCourty brothers and Stephon Gilmore make a really good secondary I just they have no weapons on offense and New England's always had a great offensive line they don't really this year which means the run game's down so that's why I have them at seven this offense just can't produce and hopefully their defense just keeps them in games at least for Patriots fans hoping they are now I had the Texans at 6 I had to move Kansas City above them because that was a horrible loss to the Broncos I still really like the Texans I mean Deshaun Watson is a really good Deshaun Watson is a really good quarterback and that's basically what's keeping them in games DeAndre Hopkins also an incredible receiver Their running back rotations kind of working out Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson that defense looked just awful against the Broncos. And I know they're better than that, than what they showed in that game. But they're going to have to improve defensively if they want to do anything. Uh, next up is the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs look like they're back. It was kind of an ugly win against the Patriots. But they snapped the Foxborough win streak. Was anybody really expecting to the Patriots to lose without a little help? I mean, really, that is a ridiculous win streak. 21 games at home. So whatever team was going to beat them there, it wasn't exactly going to be a blowout. They weren't exactly going to light up the world and just pummel the Patriots. So it was always going to be a really bad... It was always going to be kind of a very close game to everyone, But credit can see they beat them. They got really creative on offense. To score past that great Patriots defense. And the Chiefs defense looks like it's improved. I mean, their weakness was the run game. But like I mentioned with Chris Jones earlier, like I mentioned with Chris Jones earlier, it looks like the defense is improved once again and the Patriots just couldn't run the ball. And so I really like the Chiefs. I think they're back to the team they were last year. And number four, I have the Seattle Seahawks. They had a bad loss against the Rams, but you know what? That happens sometimes. They've been winning a lot recently. They've just faced a gauntlet and you can't just get that through that whole thing unscathed. Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate. D.K. Metcalf looks good. Tyler Lockett looks good. The offensive line looks improved, at least from last year. And then in terms of the defense, they're very opportunistic, right? They have 28 takeaways this season. It's not like they can't do anything defensively. They just they can't consistently slam people on defense. But I mean, Shaquille Griffin, he looks really good at corner. And Jadavion Clowney is a good addition. He's producing Josh Gordon on the offense also in season addition. He does give you a few plays, which for a team making the playoff push, sometimes that's all you need uh, is just a few plays. And so I really like Seattle. It's kind of a bad loss. But, you know, the Rams are also really ramping it up lately too. And it's not like the Rams are a bad team. They're still 7-5, and five, so let's not act like... You know this is a Broncos situation with the Texans. It's not. It's not the same. Plus, it's a division game. They split this season. That's just how most divisions go. Next up, we uh, number three. I have the New Orleans Saints. I mean, they looked great without Drew Brees, but with him, that that was a fireworks show. And I am a little concerned about the defense. Marcus Davenport got hurt. He's out for the rest of the season after that game. But sometimes that just happens in games like that where once the offenses get rolling, there's really nothing the defenses can do. It doesn't really matter who they have defensively. I still like the Saints defense. I like Cameron Jordan. I like Marshawn Lattimore. The loss of Marcus Davenport hurts a little bit. But, hey, I mean, when you lose a game like that, it's hard to be that upset. I mean, they scored... They scored just, they. I mean, both teams scored 40-plus points, and so he looked phenomenal. And uh, Drew Brees looked phenomenal, and he kind of looked like he's back. Also, Michael Thomas. How is it every single time I watch a highlight of Michael Thomas? Sometimes he's jumping over a guy, but generally he's just open. You don't get that open in the NFL, and teams are bracketing him, and it just doesn't matter. He's... The best receiver in the league to me. I mean, wow. After that game especially, I know the 49ers had some hurt uh, secondary players, but he looked just fantastic. Uh, So I really like the Saints, and I think they can make a real playoff push. The only concern I have from them is I don't know how good the pass rush is going to be now without Marcus Davenport. They're a little weak at linebacker. And so even though this defense looks weaker, I still like some of the pieces on there. I think they could still make some splash plays on defense. At number two, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they, They won the game, you know? And at this point, it's really hard to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is a bad quarterback, or at least you have questions about him. After that game, I mean... He, he did it at the end. You could say that was George Kittle, but he still had to move in the pocket on a fourth and two and deliver that ball. He delivered it in strides so that George Kittle was able to do it. So he also had the stats to back it up in that game. I mean, he had one interception, but when a game's that high flying, he had four touchdown passes over 300 yards. He has a bunch of games this season with four touchdown passes. I really like Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I he just looks like a solid quarterback and that defensive line is normally very, a very daunting defensive line, but the saints have an amazing offensive line. And so they kind of balanced each other out. And I think once again, as I explained just before with the saints, when two teams get rolling like that, it's just really hard for both defenses. And at that point, it's basically just a college football game. And, so I really like the 49ers. I love their offense. The power run game element to it. They just have three dudes at running back, you know, Talvin Coleman, they all do different things, Burita, uh, Mosert, and then Jimmy Garoppolo, great. I worry about their weapons outside a little bit. You might run into a team that has a weak secondary and they might not really be able to capitalize but still I mean Debo Samuel looks good though as a young receiver and once again defensively they look great Richard Sherman playing uh not maybe to his abilities he was in Seattle but he's definitely playing better and so that's why I had the San Francisco 49ers at two and at number one I had the Baltimore Ravens they just keep rolling this might be a little short for the number one talk this last little bit of the segment for the fact that there's not really much more you could say Lamar Jackson's electric offensive lines. Great A little concerned with the Mark Andrews injury, but I'm sure he'll be back for the playoffs. Uh, Hollywood Brown is just been a great weapon for them. Mark Ingram. What a great addition. And then defensively, it looks like they're starting to figure it out. Marcus Peters already adding to a wildly talented secondary with Smith and Humphrey and so I really like the Ravens and I, I keep saying really like but when you get to these top five teams it's true you there's just so much to like about these teams and so you could see the Ravens most likely being the representative for the AFC in the Super Bowl if they keep this pace up they just look great. And to end the show today, I will be doing my player spotlight. This is a segment where I just highlight a player that has been playing very good recently and kind of carrying their team. And I know I had a little bit of criticism earlier in the show about the Tennessee Titans and the fact that they've been playing weak defenses, but you can't, you can't take away what this guy has done. And I wanted to talk about Ryan Tannehill a little bit, but I've talked about quarterbacks and back-to-back weeks, and honestly, he's not really what makes that offense run. Who makes it run is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry just well, he looks like an animal this year. Every year at the end of the year, it's just because he's so big and he's so physical. When teams are starting to wear down like this, he just pumbles them. 599 yards in the last four weeks. So just in four weeks, he has rushed for basically 600 yards. That is ridiculous production. And he has 23 broken tackles this season, according to Pro Football Reference. That's a lot of broken tackles. So this is showing you that it's not just the offensive line that's creating good holes for him. This guy is single-handedly breaking these tackles, making these runs into big runs. And he has 1,243 yards this season. Right? And he has 13 touchdowns this season. 13 touchdowns accounts for 25% of the team's points. That's quite a bit of scoring for just the running back. I mean, that is a third, or sorry, a fourth of all of the team's scoring is coming from just him. So I really like him. And I think he just looked super good the past couple weeks. And... It will be really interesting to see if he keeps it rolling, although I think he can keep it rolling against the Texans. And so we'll see if he could really get into that 1,800 uh, area, already being at 1,243 yards with three games left to play, if he can keep up this production. And that is it for the show. Thank you for listening to the Stan Pro Football podcast. I will be talking to you next week. Thank you all for listening on K-O-A-L.